21 years ago this week, the beta of RuneScape was released to the world. Within one year, over 1 million players had joined the fun. Still, it was a failing business, costing more money to run than it was actually bringing in, and its creators were quickly going broke. Their next decision was make or break, and it laid the groundwork for the world's largest free-to-play MMORPG. Today we're going to be looking back at this history of RuneScape. We'll be diving deep into its history, look at how the game has evolved over the last 21 years, and taking the time to talk about how it's kept Rob's attention for the last 17 years. So stick around and join us as we take a RuneScape-themed trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 71st episode of our video game nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week we take a look at one title relevant to the current week in gaming history, and we talk about it. While doing so, we hope to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world as its inspiration, and what it gave back to the world in its legacy. I'm David Casson, and as always, joining me is my co-host, who's got all the skills to thrill. He's none other than my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, how's that monster killing you're doing right now? Uh, not doing any monster killing. What are you doing? I'm cooking lobsters that I'm fishing. You're cooking lobsters that you're fishing. Mm-hmm. Well, today's a very special day, isn't it? Uh, sure. Something very dear to your heart turns 21 years old today. Oh, what's that, Dave? I don't know. What is it, Rob? I don't know, Dave. Hmm. I guess we're going to find out in just a moment. But first, what are you playing? As always, RuneScape. And have been doing some Rocket League and some Escape from Tarkov. And, uh, yeah, that's about it so far. How about yourself? I have played... Days Gone. I did a smorgasbord this week. I played some Satisfactory. I played some Rocket League. Dabbled in the Forest. I beat Inscription. Uh, I did all sorts of stuff. So it was a good week. But I also played a certain game that turns 21 years old today. What game is that, Rob? Uh, uh, I'm going to guess Pokemon. No, not Pokemon. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I don't know, Dave. It must be RuneScape. It must be RuneScape. So tell me, Rob, what do you know about the beginnings of RuneScape? Uh, it was a very different game from the game it is now. When did you start playing? Oh, man. I'm trying to say think probably somewhere around 2005. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Rob, the story of RuneScape goes all the way back to 1995. Did you know that? I did not. Oh, we're going to have a little bit of fun today. So for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure that Rob has figured it out, normally we both have an outline in front of us and he knows exactly what's going on. 
Except I didn't tell him I was doing RuneScape today. RuneScape is like your favorite game, isn't it? Uh, it's definitely one of them, Dave. I, I probably have the most hours in RuneScape. So would you call yourself a RuneScape ex- expert? God, no. <laughs> Not even the smallest amount am I an expert in this game. Oh my God, am I completely... I'm basically like a beginner when it comes to the knowledge of this game. I do think you know a thing or two about the game, though. So today you get to be the subject expert. Of course, I'll do my thing, but you get to be the subject expert. So like most of our subject experts, you kind of are going to get left in the dark because I got some stuff in the notes I want to quiz you on, but it won't be bad, I promise. So all righty. But for real, though, the story of RuneScape goes all the way back to 1995. Andrew Gower. Do you know the Gower brothers at all? Have you ever come across their stuff? Nah, it does not sound familiar to me, no. Okay, so Andrew Gower had been programming games for years, often with the help of his brothers Paul and Ian Gower. As early as 1995, he had created a 3D platform game for the Atari ST called Parallax Painter. And in 1996, he created a first-person shooter, a 3D first-person shooter, rather, for the Atari ST called Destruction Imminent. And then from 1997 to 1999, like so many poor souls, he dabbled in Java and he created a series of Java games that appeared on a website called Games Domain. Did you ever play any games on Games Domain? Uh, it does not sound familiar to me either, no. You dabbled in Java games when that was a thing, though, didn't you? Um, I mean, I know I like as far as like in school when I was really young starting out, we use like math games. Mm-hmm. Um, I did do a little bit with like new grounds, but I don't know if those were Java. Those even, I think those are considered flash. What about mini clip? Uh, it doesn't sound familiar at all. No, no. Gotcha. No. Well, sometime during his Java period in 1998, he started work creating a game called devious mud. You ever heard of devious mud before? No, no, it doesn't sound familiar. Do you know what a mud is? Uh, it's what you get when you mix dirt and water. <laughs> hey, is that a RuneScape joke? Uh, kind of. Well, technically the <laughs> earth and water if it's a RuneScape joke, but, yeah, you yeah. know, close enough. So I don't think we've ever covered MUDs before. The only time we've ever dabbled in that genre, I think, was we talked about a game that's kind of uh, a, a grandpappy of the genre, but it's not quite a MUD but it's referred to, and that would be the Colossal Cave Adventure that I think we talked about because it has one of the most popular cheat codes of all time, or one of the earliest cheat codes of all time, too. But anyway, uh, well, that's one of the that's the most famous one. Anyway, so MUD is, stands for Multi-User Dungeon, right? And these are multiplayer real-time virtual worlds that are usually text-based. You know, MUDs combine elements of RPGs, hack and slashes, uh, player versus player, uh, interactive fiction, and online chat. And now this genre got its start way back in 1978 uh, when a student at the University of Essex, Roy Trubshaw, uh, created a game. It was a multi-user adventure game that he modeled after a, a variant of Zork that was dungeon-based. Now, this game, which he called Multi-User Dungeon, is, is, is where the genre comes from. It was a game in, that revolved around gaining points until one achieved the wizard rank, which gave the, the character immortality and special powers over mortals. Eventually, as technology progressed, graphics were introduced to MUDs. 
there were very primitive graphics in the beginning, but as they became more graphical based, that genre evolved into what we know now as an MMORPG. So MUDs, MUDs are the grandfather of your, your massively multiplayer online role-playing game. My name is MUD. My name is MUD. Yeah, exactly. So after having been introduced to another MUD called Non-Event by his brother Paul, Andrew decided that he wanted to create his own text-based adventure game using his newly acquired Java programming skills. But in order to stand out from the other MUDs, he decided that he wanted to, to expand the concept to be somewhat text-based, but with a point-and-click interface and live graphics. His inspiration at the time was Ultima Online, which was an incredibly popular online game. So... On March 28, 1999, the beta for Devious Mud was released, and roughly, I think it's believed about 20 people will test the game, and it was only around for a week, if that, before it was taken down by Andrew. So he was in school, and he had other stuff going on, and after about that time, he believed that he had collected enough feedback from the beta, so he removed the, the client, and he took a break from developing the game. So he finished school and got a job, a summer holiday job at Games Domain where he designed different multiplayer Java games for their website, and he did other programming tasks. One of the things he... Um, I can't remember the name of it now, but one of the things he was known for, his most popular games domain, he made like this games domain parlor. It was like a castle. It was basically like a castle that people could come around and be social in. So he basically created a, a Java-based social space on games domain for people. So after graduating from college later that year in October of 1999, Andrew decided that he wanted to rewrite the game. Uh, you know, he had spent time working with Java. He had new skills, new knowledge, you know, and he had the feedback from the beta too. He decided that he wanted to approve upon everything with all his newly found experience. He knew that the game was going to be different. It wasn't devious mud anymore and that it needed a name. So the brothers came together and they threw they threw together different words related to what they had designed in the game until they decided on some variants that they liked. And then essentially what they did is they went through and they figured out which of these variants had a domain name that was available. And with that, the foundation and the name of RuneScape was laid. I know it's supposed to have some fancy schmancy, but really it was available, you know? It makes sense, you know? Yeah. So one thing that's kind of nifty about the name is originally the RuneScape logo was kind of designed similar to the logo that you're used to, um, where it's the name RuneScape on a bunch of runes and the sword splits the name. Mm -hmm. But originally there was no sword split in the name. It was just RuneScape straight in one line with the with the on the runes. But all their friends kept teasing them because when you put RuneScape together, it looks like the phrase run escape. And so everyone would tease them and call it run escape. So in order to avoid any confusion, they redesigned the logo to split the names rune and scape. Uh, so no one would be able to use that joke anymore. That's actually pretty funny. I never would have uh, noticed that. I know. I know. So the first thing that Andrew wanted to work on was redesigning the scripting system. And he called this rune script. This was out of necessity. So Paul was actually the one who came up with a lot of the level design and ideas for their games, but Paul wasn't a programmer. 
So Paul would come up with the ideas and he'd throw them on Andrew and Andrew in turn would have to implement all of the ideas. And that just wasn't working for him. So he basically wanted to create a scripting system so that someone that wasn't a programmer could basically create the maps and people and events and everything in the game. So he created RuneScript. And the idea, like I said, was simple. It was to give Paul the tools to implement his ideas without needing Andrew. Andrew, Andrew had other things to worry about, right? Right. So Paul's early exper- experiments, his earliest experiments, to learn Andrew's map editor and script are actually still in the game. The first thing he made was the town of Lumbridge and Lumbridge Castle, which is the original, which is the starting point for old school RuneScape, correct? Yes. It is no longer the starting point for RuneScape today, uh, which you and I discussed the other day, but I knew the answer because I've been doing my research. So the first character he created and the oldest NPC in the game can be still found walking around in circles in the Lumbridge Castle courtyard. And that any idea, Rob? Hmm. Can you think of anyone that's important that might still be walking around the Lumbridge Castle Courtyard or what you might get from them? I mean, I know there's a lot of tutors in Lumbridge. It's not a tutor. He gives out a very special item these days. Uh, I honestly can't think of it. I don't know. That's, that's all right. That's why we're here to learn things, you know? So Hans, Hans is the servant of the castle's duke and veterans of the game can claim an item from him that indicates the age of their account called the Cape of Distinction. I think he gives out the skill capes too. So no, no skill capes. You can, I mean, maybe he does as well, but skill capes are certain people you get them from. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. Once you reach 99, obviously. So, with the basic systems in place, RuneScape was released to the world as a beta 21 years ago. Actually, today, we're recording it today. 21 years ago today, on January 4th, 2001. So, Andrew released a beta. He started out by going back to his friends at Games Domain and letting them know that the game he was working on had been released. But it didn't stop there because word of RuneScape spread fast and more players than expected were signing up every day. In fact... Andrew had to constantly re-engineer the game to keep up with the sheer number of players that were signing up daily. Now, one interesting thing about the original RuneScape, it was originally supported by ad revenue. Um, If you think back to the sites we talked about, like Miniclip or Games Domain, all those old Java game sites were full of free games, and the way they supported it was with, with, with ads everywhere. And that's originally how RuneScape was designed, too. But RuneScape was released just as the dot-com bubble was bursting, just after it, rather, and companies were starting to fold, and the companies that were left became reluctant to part with their money, and so ad revenue plunged virtually to zero. So you have a game, it's increasing in popularity, your ad revenue's gone, and it wasn't before long that it was costing them money. They were spending money, you know, hand over foot, and Andrew realized that it just this was not going to work. So in order to save this game that he had been designing now for well over a year, he packed up his boxes and he moved back home to live with his parents. They turned half of his parents' kitchen into an office 
where all three brothers worked together to keep RuneScape alive. Now, there's some really fun stuff that comes out of their time in the kitchen office, Rob. And it was a good time for the family. You know, everyone was back together. The brothers got to work together. They got to play together. Uh, The whole family was chipping into the game. So the original cooking sound that I believe is still an old school RuneScape was actually recorded in their kitchen. It's their mother cooking bacon. Nice. And mom contributed in other ways, too. So she was a primary school teacher and had basic art skills. And she drew the camel, the bear, the spider, and the bat that are all still used in old school RuneScape today. Wow. Right? Right? So after months of living at home, the game was still costing more the run. You know, in its first year, RuneScape signed up over one million people. It, It was insanely popular. And so they considered the idea of creating a members version and charging these members to play the game. And in doing so, Andrew realized that he was going to have to take the game more seriously as a business, but was incredibly anxious to take money from people because he was a programmer. He was not a businessman. And so what he did is he reached out to someone who had once offered him a job, an entrepreneur called Constant Tedder. That's a funny name to me. A little bit. Yeah, so he reached out to Constant Tedder for help. Constant agreed and stepped in as CEO of this newly formed company. The name was easy. For years, Andrew and his brothers had been affixing a name to their Java games called Jagex. And originally it stood for... um, Oh, God, I can't remember what originally stood for. I just blanked out on it. I'm sorry. It was it was the name of their software, like Java and applied graphics, something interface or something like that. By this point, though, they shortchanged it. It stood for Java Gaming Experts. That's where Jagex comes from today. Hmm. And And in 2001, Jagex would officially acquire its name from Andrew Gower. Uh, and continue working as a developer and publisher of RuneScape. In February of 2002, the members version was released, uh, and on the first day, they exceeded the number of subscribers they needed to break even on costs. And, and, (laughs) yeah, I know, right? And then from there, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. With all these people coming all the time, they quickly knew that they were going to have to move on to bigger and better things. So, they basically planned almost immediately to move on to a, a new engine. Um, and this, this engine uh, with a ton of improvements would, would be called RuneScape 2. Uh, and this is what you were introduced to because RuneScape 2 was re- released to the world in 2004. Yep, that's definitely when I would have started. Well, I'm thinking about 2005. I think I was in fifth grade when I started playing, but wow. I have no way to actually get the official date. When RuneScape 2 came out, it was renamed RuneScape. And the old engine was turned into a version called RuneScape Classic. RuneScape Classic servers would continue until 2018, when it was determined that support wasn't really worth it anymore, for a reason we'll talk about shortly. And then eventually they would have to rewrite another time to an even better engine, uh, and that would be RuneScape 3, which came out in 2013. I still think they use that engine today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, it would be. Mm-hmm. When RuneScape 3 came out, there was a community poll that was released that basically allowed players to decide whether or not they wanted a separate version of RuneScape 
that was available uh, to exist. Now, basically, in the back of a vault somewhere, they found a cassette backup, a data backup copy on a on a on a cassette uh, tape backup rather uh, that had a version of RuneScape from August of two thousand seven. And so that would be a version of RuneScape 2 that you love so much. And they basically asked the community if they wanted to have two instances of RuneScape, if they wanted to have the modern RuneScape, and if they wanted this version from August of 2007 to exist alongside of it. And and the answer was an overwhelming yes. So they took this version and they created what's now known as old school RuneScape, which was released in 2013, uh, I, I believe not too long after RuneScape 3 came out to the world. And so here we are, the RuneScape community, which has gotten way better since then, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But it now exists as these two games, which kind of coexist. You can either play RuneScape on a modern in, uh, graphics engine, or you can play old school RuneScape, the 2007 version, which I believe is your preference, right, Rob? Yes, I have not played RuneScape 3 probably since 2019, um, but old school is the one I play every day. Gotcha. Well, that's really the background of RuneScape. Um, This is about the time where we kind of cover the game and its gameplay, and I believe that you are the perfect person to do so. So, Rob, why don't you take a few moments and kind of describe RuneScape to our audience for those that may not know what what we're talking about? uh thanks dave (laughs) you know exactly what okay i will prompt what kind of game is runescape so runescape is a skill building game there are a lot of different skills that you have uh that you're able to go around a large map and work towards getting a 99 by gaining experience through doing various tasks uh, there are also quests that you can do throughout the game. So different NPCs that say, hey, I need you to do this thing or go kill this person or go find this thing or go enchant this thing. Uh, a lot of different quests you can do. Uh, there's mini games that you can play and um, a lot of different different monsters to kill, a lot of different loot to find. Well, we found out what Rob's favorite part of the game is. So what's that? Skills. I mean, that's most of the game. It's true. All right. So <laughs> RuneScape is uh, an MMORPG, which stands for Massively Multiplayer Online Role-Playing Game. And as Rob put, it's a fantasy world that millions of people log into to do various tasks. You can go and become a fisherman, catch fish, and sell your fish or trade your fish. You can... I don't know, make weapons and do stuff. You can go on grand quests where you fight monsters and stuff. There are a lot of different things to do in the game. It is it. And there's a lot of different things to do in a game. And I think Rob is a skill based person. So some people like adventuring and don't care about that stuff. You never know. There's absolutely people who play solely to, to PVP and, and just do dungeons and kill. I, I mean, I just have never really had good equipment to feel comfortable doing that before until recently. And now I just haven't gotten to it yet. Nice. So, you know. well, all right. So let's talk about RuneScape. I, I, uh, I did a deep, deep dive and I've got some fun stuff and I want to start right from the beginning. 
you don't really have experience with RuneScape 1, nor do no. I for that matter. But RuneScape 1, as you said, was a very different game than what, you, what you're what you used to. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of take a look back at that. So in RuneScape 1, there were no banks, no options to run or rest, no friends list, no music player, no lodestone teleportation network, no teleportation skill spells, no in-game world map to find your way. The Grand Exchange did not exist, so all trading was done face-to-face. There was no Dragonhide armor, Mystic robes, or Rune armor. Locations that did not exist yet include Al-Kharid, Falador, the Wilderness, and all of the current P- player P2P areas. None of the bosses had been created yet, and 15 skills were still missing. There was no fishing, no hunting, no rune crafting, and there were only six quests available most of which have been removed from the game now because they were way too easy. <laughs> too easy. <laughs> Originally, you had to choose which class you wanted to belong to. You could choose between an adventurer, a necromancer, a ranger, a warrior, or a wizard. A few months later, they added minor. Now, if you're curious why you would choose classes, they helped determine skill focus. So, for instance, a miner would start with mining on level 7. Smart. In the first months of 2001, the magic skill was divided into two two sub-skills. There was evil magic and good magic. In May of 2001, both were merged to become magic, which made the necromancer a or wizard class redundant, so Necromancer was removed because a wizard could do either or. Prayer also had an evil and a good version, which was merged in May of 2001. And the reason was really simple. Um, So Andrew doesn't like games that force a player to make a choice before a player understands the consequences of that choice. So he doesn't like classes in the first place. And I... I really like that. I've never thought about that before, but that concept really fascinates me. And I really think I'm that kind of person too. Yeah, I actually had not thought of that, but it is nice when you can just do it the way that you want. But like, think Think about all the games that make you do that. Like Diablo makes you choose classes right away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a fascinating concept to me. I, I don't know. I just think that's a that's a really fascinating concept, and I really, really enjoy it. In the first half of 2001, you also had to choose between being a player killer or a non-player killer. Player killers could only kill other player killers. Non-player killers could not be killed by anyone. So basically, were you PvP or not PvP? This was originally permanent and tied to your character, but people kept asking to change it, And that eventually became such a hassle for the support team that they eliminated that system altogether. Not only that, when banks were finally released, they only accepted coins. And this was the the way banks worked until July 26, 2001. And that, right? And they were small. Originally, the bank only had 48 items. It didn't have multiple pages like it does now. Wow. And... And this is my favorite part. Originally, combat was a three-round system. So one person would attack, then the other person, and you couldn't do anything else. Retreat, drink potions, eat food. 
anything until three three back and forths had passed. Oh. Ooh. Right. And so people were having to build their characters around this concept that you had to be able to withstand three rounds of combat before you could heal or or run away or anything like that. Yikes. That that sounds like way harder than even like Ultimate Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Ouch. Also, the map wasn't very large as, you know, because we talked about places that didn't exist. Um, they gave it the illusion of being much larger than it was by added fe- by adding fences all over the place. And they made you walk around places to make it seem like they were further away from where you needed to go. Um, and because they didn't have a run option, this was really irritating for some players. And they didn't have animation for skills. Oh, what? Yeah. So originally when you did a skill the think bubble above your head would show you what skill you were training. And that was the only way anyone knew what that person was up to. So you could literally be standing next to a lake and that, that, that was it. I mean, like it would show the fishing symbol and that's how you knew that person was training fishing. Wow. It was even so bad that you could train a skill, even if your inventory was full. Oh, you could just, well, yeah, that happens. Yeah. That's just a part of programming, you know. They obviously found the issue. So the first version of RuneScape was really interesting, yeah. and nothing I like. Know there was like different colors of armor too. Like I feel like adamant was more like the color of rune or something like that. I was reading something weird about that, like because because rune didn't exist at the time. So the first plans for RuneScape two, which you're used to, were announced on the 11th of June 2002. It really wasn't an announcement for RuneScape 2 per se, but a list of projects that Jagus wanted to work on, one of which, of course, was a much faster 3D engine. The next update of what they wanted to do came in February 2003, where Andrew came out and noted that he had he was completely rewriting the game engine to be able to release content that simply wasn't possible in RuneScape 1. And so the beta of RuneScape 2 came on the 1st of December 2003 and reportedly they gave access to about 60,000 players to to play it um, which overwhelmed the servers and crashed them. And this wasn't even a live game. Also fun enough, the stats of RuneScape 1 were copied over, but the items were not in the beginning. So there was just characters and maps and nothing else? Y- yeah, I mean you you're you started from scratch with your items. Which oh, I mean, yeah. like, so you just didn't have anything to start with. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, oh, it's uh, terrible. So they made a ton of changes and it was released for good on the 29th of March 2004. And then you said you joined in 2005. Yeah, probably would have been around then. Do you remember when RuneScape 3 was announced and came out? I do. I remember it started around like the God Wars is how they did the uh, RuneScape 3 thing, if I remember correctly. Because there was like a whole like story behind how it became what RuneScape 3 is because like Lumbridge. I feel like something happened. The Lumbridge was destroyed in the God Wars or something like that. But I don't know. Maybe it was just a seasonal event. I have been RuneScape 3, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was there a way that they split the two at all? Like, did they have a story-wise? Because you, you you stuck with RuneScape 2, 
you went to old school RuneScape. You never really, I mean, you said you played RuneScape 3? Yeah, I did for a while. I um, Around the time that Dungeoneering was a newer skill is when I was still playing. Um, like I said, I want to say it was around 2019, somewhere around there that I was still playing actively. But um, I definitely know that once old school was released on mobile, that's been kind of all I've done. You know you can play three on mobile too? I had no idea. I've been doing it all week. Interesting. So, uh, I actually have them both on my mobile, and I wanted to try three, and so I've been playing three all week on my on my um on my phone. Huh. Learn something new every day. So tell me why old school? Is it just the fact that you can play it on your phone? I didn't like the new combat system as much. It's I just prefer the way the old school combat system worked. It was, I mean, a lot of the time I, I enjoy playing RuneScape because it's something I can do while multitasking, like watching a show or something, or like, obviously we're doing our podcasts and Hey, I'm playing RuneScape. Uh, it's, it's something that with what I do in the game doesn't require a lot of mentality, but I still get enjoyment out of it because I, you know, reward. I, I leveled up. Hey, that's awesome. I feel good. True statement. And I like the old school. It's just more of a... can't think of the word right now. Help me think here, Dave. I don't know. Throwback for you? Nostalgic? There you go. It's more of a nostalgic feeling for me because obviously this is more of what it was when I got started. And... I've played three and I probably will again. I just definitely enjoy the old school more. Um, I know that there's more content added with the new stuff, uh, the ability to make more things and just more available to do all together. But even in old school, because of the way that I played when I was a kid, I never really finished out a character and I kind of want to do it before going back to something I've been working on forever that is in the new style. True enough. True enough. So you told me recently that you started a new character, which is a Iron Man character or hardcore Iron Man character? It is a group hardcore Iron Man. All right. So start out by telling everyone what Iron Man is, and then we'll add on to that from there. So the Iron Man is an account that you cannot trade with other players or pick up loot dropped by other players or from monsters that are mostly killed by other players uh you're not able you ha you can only buy from the shops and you can only buy if it's normal inventory from the shop so you can't take advantage of say a non-iron man selling a bunch or even your buddy selling a bunch of stuff to the shop and then you buying it at a lower price because there's a lot of them there yeah, so an Iron Man basically is you have to play by yourself, essentially. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah, yep. So hardcore. What's hardcore Iron Man? So hardcore Iron Man just adds an extra step that you can't die. So if I die, then my stats are like my my spot on the leaderboard is just stopped where it's at. Um other than that, you lose the hardcore status and become a regular Iron Man again. But that's the big difference. And the group concept? 
So a group Iron Man allows you to trade amongst players within your group. So because I formed a group with one of my friends, Brandon, um, we we're able to trade amongst ourselves and we have a group storage bank where we can share resources together. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So it makes it a little easier for someone who, you know, because neither Brandon nor I have ever done something like an Iron Man. And it's definitely different considering most of the time we make money on the Grand Exchange. It's very quick and easy to do so. Um, or when you need a certain item, hey, I'm just going to go buy it real quick. I don't have to go make it or go find it out in the world. Um, so it's nice being able to, between the two of us, get some of the things that we need for questing or whatever. Like, hey, I dropped off a white bead in the bank. Hey, thanks. I needed that for Catcher. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. What's your favorite part of the game? I like the versatility and what you can do. I mean, there are... I can't think of the number right now. Uh, 23 skills that you can train. Um, if you're a member. So if you, depending on what you want to do, you can go and just kill monsters all the time. You can go and collect loot from killing bosses. You can make money doing rune crafting or doing fletching. You can go and cut trees down or make fire out of wood. You can fish, cook, mining, smithing. You know, it's you really just get to choose how you play and what you go and do. Um, I mean, some people play exclusively PvP. I have never done that because I'm not... A lot of the stuff I've seen that the PvPers do that are really good is kind of scary and crazy how fast and switchy they do. Plus, it's expensive, and I, until recently, haven't been able to understand how to make good money in the game. Um so for me it was always just hey i can do all this other skilling stuff and you know just kind of play it the way i want play it at my own pace true enough so it's funny you brought up skills because my next topic is skills so i want to talk about some of them a little more specifically as in like what it takes to train them and i pulled up and I have it for all the skills. How many people as of yesterday are at level 99? How many people are at level 120? And how many people max out XP on each skill in both Standard and Iron Man? And I want to see how clo if you can come remotely close to any of these numbers. Oh god, no way in hell. <laughs> What's your least favorite skill? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of agility. All right. Well, agility by the numbers is something that many, many people are not, um, are not very thrilled with. It's not the lowest, um, in terms of people that are maxed out, but it's pretty darn close. Uh, um. Okay. I would think that the worst would probably be Herbology. No, Herbology is halfway decent, actually. Oh, I am shocked by that. Uh, the worst by the numbers. Um, and I'm going down to, and I don't oh. know about. 
What? Is it rune crafting? It's not actually. Rune oh, crafting. okay. I am shocked now. Rune, rune crafting. Craft- actually, that is my that that I I would rather do agility than rune crafting. Rune crafting is close, and so okay. So what I'm basing this on is just I, maybe the least popular isn't the most word. Let's go with most exclusive. I'm I want to show you what skill is maxed out by the least number of people both in standard and in iron man um rune crafting is close but agility is actually worse than rune crafting hmm. there are two skills honestly that are worse than agility in terms of people that have maxed out um people that have maxed out so I will I will tell you for starters that the worst uh only 3128 accounts have maxed it in standard play and only 38 have maxed the skill in Iron Man. Oh my god. As of yesterday. Farming? No, farming's kind of popular. Gosh, darn it. It's crafting. Really? Yep, only 38 people have mastered crafting in Iron Man. Uh, Really close to it at 39 is construction. And then actually agility has had 40 as of yesterday. So those skills are, I mean, you're not far off. It just got beat by two accounts. So, wow. Um, So kind of the way that I'll, I'll, what's your favorite skill? Um... I mean, I don't really know that I have. Well, I would say that I've done the most with fletching. I've made the most money with cooking, but fletching is what I used to, when I used to play old, old times back when we used to use the forums to make our trades. It was all about fletching. So ironically enough, fletching is uh, at the Iron Man max level is tied with agility. It ha- There are 40 people that have maxed it in Iron Man status. Wow. Um, let's start from the top. So in standard, 240,163 accounts have have maxed it at 99. Uh, and 7,089 accounts have gone to 99 on Iron Man. Now, if you, if you push it up to level 120, there are 10,188 people who've done that in standard play and 109 people who have done that in Iron Man. And then people that have maxed it. Now, for those of you that are curious what I mean by maxing, every skill has a max of 200 million XP in um, in this game. And these are people that have maxed out the amount of XP earned on this skill. Uh, in, in standard play, 3,206 people have maxed it out. And in Iron Man, 40 people have maxed it out. So... That what is insane. What do you? Which one do you think has the most people? Let's start with level ninety nine. Which one do you think has the most players in stand? Let's start with standard play. Standard play level ninety nine. Which one has the most accounts that have maxed on it? Cooking. Cooking has two hundred fifty thousand eight hundred eighty one. At level 99 standard, and there are a number of skills that exceed 300,000, so it's not cooking. Oh. Hmm. Magic. Magic 
has 307,885 on standard. You are close, but there is a skill that even exceeds that one. One skill. So that's the second best. Mining. Mining. It's probably mm, one of the worst. <laughs> no, my, mining's 221,000. People don't All like right. mining. I like mining, but people don't like mining. No, it's one of the silly ones. It's actually Constitution. So, which, oh. you know, kind of makes sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it does. 315,457 people are at level 99 on Constitution. Uh, on Iron Man, that number reduces down to 14,541. Uh, it dwindles down to standard 47,000, and 18,000 have maxed it uh, on standard, and 835 have maxed it on Iron Man. So it kind of kind of goes down. So any other ones you want to peek at? That you're curious about? Um, what about Hunter? It's got to be like right in the middle. Yeah. 180,099. 14,000 at 120. 3,700 uh, have maxed it out. An Iron Man that goes to 7,500 got level 99. 300 people are at 120 and only 82 accounts have maxed it in Iron Man. Wow. Yeah. Magic is up there. You know, you said magic 307,000 ain't bad. 520 people have maxed out magic in Iron Man. So, I mean, that's a, that's a skill that people use, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely one of them. Um, Even I thought thieving wouldn't be that good, but thieving has 188,000 people at 99. That's not a bad number either. No, so no. it's better than I thought it would be. Um, I, th uh, it even goes down to two eight, goes down to two hundred and eighty two in Iron Man Max. Woodcutting, woodcutting only has fifty three people in Iron Man Max, which honestly kind of surprises me. So mm, I don't know, it's woodcutting. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. So I pulled a few. Uh, I I I pulled. Well, not. Uh, I have two facts for you. Okay. What what skill do you think was the fastest to reach 200 million out of all the skills? It took the least amount of time for someone to get there. Cooking. Nope. It was invention. Take a while. Guess how fast someone got invention maxed out. 10 hours. Uh, it was more than that. It was just shy of six days. Now, on the other hand, what skill took someone the longest amount of time to hit the 200 million cap? Crafting. Mm -mm. Constitution. Take a guess how long it took someone to hit the cap on Constitution. Well, if it was six days is fast and we're talking it took the longest, we're probably talking like what? 300 days? Multiply that by a thousand or by 10 took 3065 days of gameplay uh, yeah yeah you well, know you're saying uh, of time in game that's a great question i didn't i i, I don't know if this if the stat distinguished which one because that'd that be 10 be, years yeah that'd be like non-stop playing that can't be that has to be just of time past well there you go 
Six. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Should have been trying harder. Yeah. What's your least favorite part of the game? I mean, I know that it's it has to be the way because you can't just make it easy to get 99s, but it just feels like the last push is always such a long, long push. And obviously there's not a lot of things that you can do at those higher points to make it somewhat more bearable without costing you a ton. Um, and being an Iron Man now, that's kind of why I'm forcing myself to do it because I want to force myself to not pay to get those skills done and have to figure out the way to do it, either the long, hard way or the um, risky way by going and finding and killing the things that drop what I need to make it fast. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Rob. Well, I thought that in lieu of, I do have reviews, but we're going to run this one a little different. So I pulled a bunch of reviews from some people who don't quite share your love of the game that I'm going to read to you. And I'm giving, going to give you a chance to rebuke them and refute them. You ready? Sure. So Kane Cerverus on Moby Game asks, want a childish, simple-minded, crappy pseudo RPG game? It's huge. There's tons of stuff to do, equipment, abilities, quests, you name it. This game offers a lot for the simple-minded gamer, and the best part is that it's free. Everything else can be hated. The game takes no skill, no thought, no tact, no anything to play. Just lots of free time, and if you feel like getting a couple of cheap perks, $5 a month. This game is a mockery to the MMORPG name. Now this was written in two thousand seven. It's now ten bucks a month, isn't it? Uh, it might even be more than that. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's ten bucks a month. Sure. So how do you feel? No skill, no thought, no tact, no anything. Uh, for a lot of what most people will do, yeah, sure. But I mean, if you wanted to get serious about playing the game and get into boss fighting or get into uh, PvPing, then those require a little bit more thought because it's a lot more serious. It's not just, you know, click and walk away. You're constantly changing your equipment to best hit a certain way. You want to attack them with magic because they're wearing heavy armor and then they switch to their magic armor. So you pull out your sword and you attack them with your sword and try and poison them. And then you hit them with an, an entrapment so they can't go anywhere. And it's just a constant cycle. You know, it's not just, Hey, point, click, I'm done. But it's kind of nice that there is that versatility that you can go all out, go crazy and do all that stuff or just, you know, sit and play in the background while you're recording a podcast episode. <laughs> all right. So Francis Mock on Moby Games feels that you shouldn't waste your time playing this junk. At first, back when I was dumb, I played this game and it was the best thing in the world. Then I saw other better games, Survival Project, Ragnarok Online, and now RuneScape is history. RuneScape is what I would call boring. You play any of those games? Nope. I, I, I don't even know that I've heard of them. Yeah, I don't. I know of Ragnarok Online, but I don't know what Survival Project is. But, uh, you know, Francis feels that RuneScape is boring, Rob. I mean, 
for some it definitely can be it's not for everyone to to sit in skill or to to go and fight monsters and in a 3d environment true statement all right i got one more for you so on metacritic the veracity rated this low he says this without this is without doubt an incredibly fun game a multitude of skills to train and activities to partake in the developers allow you to vote for what updates you want and there are a seemingly endless array of activities to do so why the low score the community. A majority of the community finds some innate, sick joy in ruining your gameplay experience. They will go out of their way to do so. And there is nothing that can be done to stop it. Be it through text or actions in the game itself, expect to encounter someone who will ruin your RuneSafe experience. As I have been around for years, I speak from experience. Avoid any group activities, as fellow players will ruin it for you. Do you feel has like this, has did, this person never played online games ever in the existence of their online <laughs> gaming times? Because, oh my God, that's so simple minded that you think that it's this is a bad community. I mean, yeah, every game community has some bad eggs. Like there's going to be some people who kill you and you're just trying to kill monsters in the wilderness because, hey, they could get some free loot. But like. It's not really that bad there's really not i mean yes you're always going to have the children who save bad bad words we report them we move on yeah i haven't had any bad experiences either so it kind of cracks me up i mean i i cannot tell you the number of times that i've had a bad experience in every other game and like i'm really trying to think here and i think i've had one bad experience online in this game in like two years now (laughs) like and it was just a a guy kept killing me when i was in the wilderness because i had loot and like that's what they do that's that's what they do like i get it they do that's why you don't go out there unless you're willing to sacrifice it it's not like another game where like all you can do is sacrifice your loot or have backup loot exactly all right rob well I think that's about all I had prepared for RuneScape. Is there anything about the game I didn't touch on that you would like to talk about? Uh, I mean, there's just a lot to the game. It's definitely one of those ones that you may find boring as all hell. You may find it the most fun you've ever played. You might just find, like me, that it's something you enjoy focusing on once in a while to some greater extent. And then most of the time, just kind of playing in the background as you're doing other tasks, you know, maybe you're folding laundry. Hey, I can do some fishing while I'm doing laundry. Maybe I can go do a quest now and have a TV show on in the background that I've seen a couple times that I'm familiar with just as background noise as I'm off fighting the dragon. It's a lot of variety. And if you're into that kind of stuff, it's definitely worth playing. Give it a try. And hey, if you hate it, let us know. We'd love to hear your opinion about it. Right, Dave? Yes. Yes, indeed. We would love to hear your opinion on it. I um, I, 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 That was a good segue into our website, but I'm, I'm going to hijack it for a second. Ah, you butthole. I know. It was a really good segue. Hey, look, so the only reference point I have to RuneScape is World of Warcraft. I, I did my time on WoW and... Um, 
I've heard of RuneScape referred to as the poor man's WoW, which in some ways is fair, in other ways is not fair because they're two completely different games. I think that RuneScape is definitely has more of a skill focus um, and kind of le- leaves you to do your own thing, whereas WoW is a much more refined and focused experience that gives you the opportunity to do your own thing, but reels you in a lot better. I, I don't, I guess is the way to put it. Um, I don't know. I, I think they, they're both fun. I mean, I'm still playing through RuneScape 3, so we'll see. We'll see. But they're both good. You never did your time in WoW, did you? I did do a little bit of time in WoW. Definitely not enough. I mostly just did it through a free trial. But it was enjoyable. But having been playing RuneScape as much as I was and am, it's just... I don't know. You gotta give one up. I get this my fulfillment of this kind of game from this and if i did want to play something that was a little bit more but similar that's new world is a fantastic game it's kind of the same it it, yeah i can see that i can see that so well rob made a good point uh you know if uh you want to learn more about the game or come tell us about the game or anything like that you can do so on our website at www.memorycardlane.com Uh, Also on our website, I post my links and notes to all where I get the information every episode. If you'd like to learn more about RuneScape, one of the things that I took the time to watch that I will post a link to uh, was a documentary called 15 Years of Adventuring, the RuneScape documentary. Yes, I sat through the whole thing where you can learn a lot of really fun history about RuneScape. And there is a wide community of people that have been around forever that can that can tell you some very deep lore about the game. Rob, I, I bought a book to do research for this that I it's a it's an ebook that I'm going to give to you um, that has more about RuneScape than I ever cared to know. So right on. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so www.memorycardland.com. You can find our show notes. You can find a calendar of upcoming events that I actually need to update for 2022. Um, you can find out about us, links to our Discord, where you can join our community to play games with us and tell us all about your experiences with the game. You can also find links to our social media. I am on Twitter at David is wrong, um, where I post Rocket League highlights and occasionally wish happy birthday to video games. Rob, what are you doing on social media these days? I can be found on twitch.tv forward slash F-A-T-B-O-I-R-I-P-Z. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, this is about the point in the episode where we wrap it up in review. Each week we try to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world as its inspiration, or what it gave back to the world as its in its legacy. Um, and as part of that process, we go around and we talk about something new that we learn about the game. So, Rob, you went into this not knowing I was doing RuneScape today. What did you learn? Well, a very interesting fact that, uh, you know, I will obviously forever be grateful for as long as I shall play this game is that the three brothers created an office out of their parents' home and 
that's how they kept the game alive. You know, yeah, I, I didn't true. know that there was that much financial trouble for the game. I obviously have mostly played since membership was a thing and they had a decent income from it so that they could continue to be developed. And knowing that it may have never gotten to that point is actually kind of a relief knowing that. And obviously it is for them, too, because their game survived and still to this day does. Yeah, so when, uh, and this is an anecdote from the documentary, when they got constant tenor and took off as a company, they they rented some local office space in like the St. John's Innovation Center and started to do interviews and hire people real quick. And there's an anecdote from the uh, Ian mod, one of the early mods, and he basically, uh, he said when he was hired, they didn't even have internet in the office yet. Oh wow! They were go. They were going so fast that uh, that it was just it, it it was too much going on. He said they got it. They got it later that week. But his first few days, he sat in office with literally nothing to do because the as an online game, they had no access to the to online. Oh man! So, um, and it was quick. They 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 went quick. It blew up. Blew up. Blew up. Blew up. Uh. We didn't mention it, but it is the world's largest free to play MMORPG nowadays. So, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Go RuneScape. Well, I learned all of the above because I didn't know anything about RuneScape. So every bit of what we talked about today was was new to me. But I think my favorite part of what I learned was um, I love the thought of all their friends going, why are you going to play Run Escape? What's Run Escape? <laughs> so I just love that. <laughs> and, and that's uh, that's that's where the title of the episode, this podcast episode is going to come from, because it's going to be Run Escape, uh, because I just get such a damn kick out of that. So that's great. All right. Well, Rob, anything you want to add before I take it out of here? Uh, as always, I would just like to take a moment to say thank you so much to every one of you for listening. It means the world to us, and hopefully you enjoy listening to us as much as we enjoy talking. But in Dave's case, that might be tough to achieve. <laughs> Funny. Aha, aha. All right. So next week, we're going to be looking at a game that almost was not meant to be, at least in North America. Like so many other Japanese successes, when the idea of bringing this game over to North America came up, it was basically stonewalled. It was called a simple game that would not appeal to anyone and would never be successful. And so it was considered entabled. But there was one woman that decided to fight for it, looking a whole board of exec- executives in the face and basically saying, look, you're the idiots that pass on Pac-Man. Why would you pass on this game too? And in the silence, one person said, let her have her damn video game. (laughs) If it wasn't for that one person, we may never have the popular franchise Frogger, which was which was released in Japan. I don't know, 40 years ago or so. (laughs) Rob, you play Frogger? Uh, A time or two. Yes. Yes. So Frogger was released back in 1981. And we're going to look at the whole story of it. We're going to look at uh, its original development. Um, It's really interesting how it came to be. We're going to look at the perils of bringing it over to North America. 
and we're going to talk about uh, all the different versions of the game that have been published in the last 40 years. There's some really odd ones out there. So join us again next week as we get a hop on it and take another trip down memory card lane. Do the thing. Do a do ba do ba boo a ba.